I'm preaching about getting set apart for God. Being apprehended for the call of God or the purpose of God for your life. It's part of our dream for the decade that we'll see young people apprehended for the call of God. Not just young people, but particularly young people. What does it mean to be set apart? In Romans chapter 1 verse 1, Paul says, I am a servant, Paul, of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. I don't know if you uh, have like a clothing cycle. I, 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 buy, I do this. I buy something new and it goes into a couple of different se- sessions. If I'm buying really nice clothes, like my denim jacket that I'm rocking for the first time, it goes, it goes into either the Sunday or date category. Okay, that's, that's the category for new clothes, right? Uh, Sundays, or if it's a bit tight, it goes to dates, just because so just that's how it kind of works. And then it goes through a progress, and after a while we wear it out, and, and then it becomes midweek to work, and then after a while, uh, so for t-shirts it becomes wear around home or out to the shops, and then after a while it becomes uh, wear it when you're working in the, you know, in the garden, or if you really like it, it becomes a pajama t-shirt. That's, just, that's my cycle. And then it becomes rags. That's, that's, I don't know, does anyone relate to the, the cycle of clothes and how it goes? Okay. So when you first buy it, you set it apart. You're like, okay, I, I can't, and I, I, I'm really bad at this. Once I like something, I want to wear it every day. Then I was like, no, that's, 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 a, that's, a, that's one of your good genes. Don't wear that every day. But you set it apart. And Paul writes about being set apart. Uh, the, the Bible talks about keeping the Sabbath as a holy day, set apart, different to the other days, a day dedicated to God. And I believe that God wants to apprehend you and he wants to apprehend me to live lives that are set apart. There's a call that God puts on our life that's specific for every one of us. Every day in my reminders, I get, I've set up a reminder with this scripture and the phrase set apart on it. And it comes so that I have, I kind of, not, I don't read through everything every day, but, but every day it comes on my phone at, at a set time. And it, and it just says this, uh, I'm at my best when... I live set apart. And then I've got 20 things that I do when I'm living my best. Uh, some of them are daily things. Some of them are weekly things. Some of them are monthly things. And some of them are annual things. But after 20 years or 30 years really of serving and following Jesus particularly, I've learned how to stay at my best. I've learned that emotions and highs come and go, mountaintop experiences come and valleys come, but I've learned that if I can control my habits and my input, then I'm going to be able to ride through the tough times a lot better than if I don't control them. And it's part of living a called or chosen set-apart life. So four of them are spiritual disciplines that I maintain around the prayer, the word, fasting, preparation for preaching. These are, these are things that I'm, I'm at my best when I do these things every day or every week. Seven things are about the key relationships in my life, my marriage, my friends, uh, my family, and my mentors. I'm at my best when I do these specific things. Uh, four about key, uh, key input habits and resources that keep me motivated. I know that motivation comes and goes. 
So I'm in control of what I listen to and what I read. So I, I want to live a set-apart life. So I'm making sure that the input into my life keeps my focus on the call of God for my life. And so I like to remind myself and, you know, things like what I'm reading and, and podcasts I'm listening to. I have a certain amount of goals every week to keep me at that level. I've got three physical disciplines around my exercise, my sleep, and what I consume. And then I've got two signs that tell me I'm at my best right now. So these are things that I do, but I don't do them when I'm not on top of my life. I let them slide. So these are things towards other people and helping other people. So I've got them there as a reminder. If I'm not doing those things, I've got to make sure I do the others. This is me staying focused on being called and set apart. And I want to help you get set apart. I want, I want to help you uh, be apprehended for God. Obviously, Saul had a moment where he was apprehended. And I believe uh, part of my uh, desire for these nights of power would be there'd, there'd be nights where people feel the hand of God begin to come down upon their life and choose them and say, say I'm, I want to set you apart from people who are around you. I want to set you apart from the direction that the world's going. I want, I want to set you apart from maybe where some carnal Christians are, uh, would like you to go. I want you to be living set apart for God's purpose and God's call for your life. Acts chapter 13 verse 2 says, when they were worshiping the Lord, that's what we're doing tonight in fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Put them over here because I've called them to this life. Galatians chapter 1 verse 15, uh, it's again Paul writing, when God who set me apart from my mother's womb, called me by his grace. I believe that many are, that, that you've been branded by God in your mother's womb for a specific purpose and call that God's got for your life. So you're being set apart. So what does it mean to be set apart? Well, first of all, there will be a cost. It's not a matter of have your cake and eat it too. It's not a matter of, okay, well, I can do what everybody else is doing and I'll do, and I'll also, uh, I'll be set apart for God. No, there's a cost to being set apart. You normally have to leave something behind. Matthew chapter 9, verse 9, uh, Jesus saw Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth and he said, follow me. And he told him, and Matthew got up and followed him. He'd heard about Jesus all the miracles, that he was the Messiah, that he was, that he was on, on track to bring a new kingdom. And he literally, in a moment, left his job to follow Jesus. At the prompting of Jesus, it cost him something. Uh, Jesus, in Matthew 4, verse 18 and 20, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me. Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for men. You've, you've learned over here about fishing, but now I'm going to take what you've learned and I'm going to redirect it for a purpose and a call that's eternal. And, they, and at once they left their nets and followed him. They literally got up. It cost them. They had to leave something behind. Uh, Matthew chapter 19, verse 21. This is one of the saddest verses in the Bible. A young man comes to Jesus. He's a rich man. He's got leadership on his life. He's a ruler. And he says, Lord, I want, what can I do to be made right? And he tells him some things. And then Jesus says, if you want to be perfect, go. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. 
Now, some people mistake that scripture as a scripture that if you want to be a Christian, you've got to give everything away. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's got a specific call, probably to be one of the 12 disciples. And he said, if you're going to step into your calling, if you're going to be set apart, if you're going to be apprehended, well, you're going to have to leave the things behind. Just like the guy left his job, the other guys left their fishing boats and their job behind. You're going to have to leave your possessions behind to step into the purpose I've got for you. Not for everybody, but for him. It will cost you. So the call of God, it will cost you friends. There's some people you've got to leave behind. There's some groups you've got to leave behind. It, it'll, cost you, it'll cost you all sorts of different things. For some people, it will cost you a, a career choice, a dream that you had. And God comes and says, I know you had that dream ever since you were little, but that dream was never my dream. I've got a better dream for you. And there are moments where God says, I want you to lay that down. He may give it back to you later on down the track, or he may not, but you lay it down. It will cost you. To be apprehended has a cost. Servanthood. When you're apprehended for God, Paul writes in that Romans chapter 1 that I referred to, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. So he's got a calling to be an apostle. He's set apart for the gospel of God. And at the start of it, he says, I'm a servant of Jesus. The call of God is the call to servanthood. The call of God is the call to lay our lives down. The call of God, uh, servanthood is always the doorway to destiny. But it's not just the doorway to destiny. It's the discipline of destiny for the rest of your life. If you're going to be apprehended for God, you're making a commitment to serve others. You're making a commitment to, uh, I like to tell our interns, how many interns or ex-interns have we got in the house? Just give me a wave. I like to tell these guys, you're, you're not just serving God for two years. You're an intern for life. I want you to learn a lifestyle of serving others, a lifestyle of sacrificial servanthood. It's not like, phew, my two years are over. Now I can go back to living a cruisy life. No, it's a lifestyle of being set apart and you're called to be a servant. I love it. And I was telling the guys at Bible College last week and those uh, at the Leadership Academy, in the, in the uh, New Testament days, you would become a servant or a slave if you couldn't pay your bills, you didn't get bankrupt and just start again. You literally had to go and work your debts off as a servant or a slave. And so what would happen once you'd worked your debts off, it might be two years or five years, uh, you would be free to go. And you'd go to the door of the house with the owner and you'd be a freed slave, a freed man, and you could go and live a freed life. But if you really liked your owner, if you liked the atmosphere, if you liked the food, if you liked the room you got given, if you, you know, if maybe you, you married someone in the house and they couldn't be free, but you could be free, you could make a choice to become what's called a bond slave or a servant for life. And a bond slave was not a servant who, who was forced to be a servant. A bond slave was a servant who chose to be a servant. And you would stand at the door of the house and you would put your ear up against the doorway of the house as it, and you were like symbolizing you were free to walk out and they would pierce your ear against the all of the door and you would have a, an ear piercing from that moment forward and it would be a sign that you were not just a slave because of your debt, you were a slave because of love. It was called a, a love slave. And when Paul writes, he says, I am a love slave of Jesus Christ. I got set free by him to walk away, but I've chosen 
to serve him. I've chosen to lay my life down for him. A, a, an apprehended life, a set-apart life, it'll cost you everything. It'll mean a call to a life of servant and uh, servanthood and serving others. And then it'll be a, it's a call to holiness. A call to holiness. 2 Timothy chapter 2. I love this scripture. It says, In a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions and the cheap ones for everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, holy, right before God, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. This is the... This is what it means to be apprehended for the call of God. It means a call to living a holy life. It means that there's some things that, that other people might watch that you don't watch because you're called to holiness. There might be places that other people go, but you don't go there because you're called to live a life of holiness. There's a way that other people might speak, but you choose not to speak that way because you've made a choice to be apprehended for the call of God. Now, here's the interesting thing. The moment you, you'd make a decision like that, you enter into what I call the hidden years. It's not like you stand on an altar call and go, God, I surrender. I'm, I'm set apart. And God goes, awesome. I'm going to use you incredibly. He'll go, no, I'm going to hide you. I'm going I'm I'm to make sure there's moments where you don't get noticed. I'm going to make sure that your motives are being tested. I'm going to make sure that you're pure in heart to serve, not for what you can get out of it, but because of how you're going to help other people. I'm going to actually um, kill your pride. I'm going to go to work on you. And just when you think it's dead, I'm going to just stretch you a little bit more. You're like, awesome. I love this message, Pastor. This is what the call of God is. This is what it means to be set apart. And you're like, I've got 101 reasons to check out, but God, I'm not checking out because you have apprehended me for a calling and for a purpose, and I'm set apart. <laughs>